All right, so this is the American Teen Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about the pinnacle of alternative medicine research. So this is my own personal research that I've done and collected over the past two years. I've looked at many, many studies on anti-aging, um, treatment for all sorts of disease, many uh, neurodegenerative diseases, cardiovascular health, and just pretty much like pushing past your limits of physical health and well-being, even improving your cognitive performance, creativity, and mood. And I think that every single one of these has a place, but I would say to do your own research, and even though I'm going to tell you a lot about my research, there's still a lot and a lot more to learn about everything that I'm going to be talking about. And some of them, very, very few, have minimal risks that you should be aware of and you should just know your body know the risks but all the benefits on all of these farly farly outweigh the the risks in any sort of way like there's no risk for death in any of these which wouldn't make any sense because they're like anti-aging and they're anti-death so we're just going to get into it so saunas the health benefits of saunas so saunas improve cardiovascular performance. Saunas aid in recovery after intense physical activity. Saunas help relax muscles and soothe aches and pains in both muscle joints. So growth hormone is increased by 200 to 300 percent after a single use, after a single sauna use, which helps the reducing of muscle atrophy. And three weeks of post-exercise saunas of sauna bathing increased runtime to exhaustion by 32% in male distance runners. And we're going to look at the cardiovascular health. So saunas help reduce the risk of all-cause mortality and fatal cardiac incidents, which are heart attacks, using a sauna two to three times per week at 174 degrees Fahrenheit. Reduces risk of cardiovascular disease by 27% and 4 to 7 times per week reduces risk by 50%. So saunas help reduce toxins, so any heavy metals that are found in your body. Um, Deep sweating in a sauna can help reduce levels of lead, copper, zinc, nickel, mercury, and chemical toxins which are just commonly absorbed from just interacting with our daily environments. Saunas help um, reduce incidences of Alzheimer's by 65%. So there was a 20-year study conducted with more than 2,300 participants at the University of Eastern Finland, and his colleagues revealed that regular sauna use four to seven times per week at 176 degrees Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit for 90, 19 minutes lowered the risk for both Alzheimer's and dementia. And the control control group rarely ever used a sauna. Saunas help relieve stress and it helps reduce the risk of depression and helps helps your body in that de- adaptation to stress and contributes contributes therapeutic effects for sauna for effects for sauna for depression and anxiety. So saunas can also help um, induce a sleeper, a deep, induce deeper sleep. And in addition to the release of endorphins, 
um, body temperatures, which become elevated in the late evening fall at bedtime. This slow relaxing decline of endorphins is key in facilitating sleep. Saunas can help fight illnesses. So the steam vapor action helps to clear up unwanted congestion and is a wonderful aspect of Finnish sauna experience. Sauna cleanses the skin. Sweating rinses bacteria out of the epidemial layer and sweat ducts. Cleansing of the pores has been shown to improve uh, capillary circulation while giving the skin a softer looking quality. Saunas also burn calories. Salsa saunas bring out recreational and social benefits. So <laughs> I guess you can bring your friends over along to have a nice sauna. And they just feel better. They feel good. And in my last podcast, I did a podcast about broccoli sprouts and all the amazing benefits of sulforaphane, which is the ingredient in broccoli sprouts. So furfane is 100 times more present in broccoli sprouts than kale, and it is the it is the ingredients that is known to produce all the healthy benefits within kale. So broccoli sprouts are pretty much a super vegetable that help treat a ton of different things. I'm just going to go over a quick um, overview of broccoli sprouts because I laid it out a ton in the other um, podcast. So we're just going to do the highlights. The health benefits of broccoli sprouts and sulforaphane reduce autism symptoms. So sulforaphane crosses the blood-brain barrier and and the semi-permeable border that separates circulating blood from the brain and accumulates in the central nervous system. Once in the brain, sulforaphane induces the activity of enzymes that have neuroprotective effects. So there's a ton of um, studies that that show that it improves social interaction, abnormal behavior, and verbal communication with young men with moderate to severe autism. It also helps the it promotes the healing of traumatic brain injury. Sulforaphane, with its ability to cross the blood-brain barrier, promotes healing of traumatic brain injury by upregulating up antioxidant pathways and preventing neurotoxicity. It inhibits neurodegenerative diseases. Studies suggest that sulforaphane may be a useful intervention for these neurodegenerative diseases because it corrects the underlying aspects of the disease process rather than merely alleviating the symptoms. It helps alleviate depression and anxiety. So sulforaphane exerts antidepressant effects by inducing the anti-inflammatory NRF2 pathway by inhibiting the body's stress response. It promotes detoxification. So heavy metals that are in your body, sulforaphane induces phase two liver detoxification, the stage of the liver detox that converts toxic metabolites into less toxic compounds, which are excreted in the body. And it increases the gluorathenine, the body's master antioxidant and detoxifier. It alleviates autoimmunity, so it suppresses pro-inflammatory cytokines and autoreactive immune cells that precipitate autoimmune attacks, boosts the, boosts the immune system, 
alleviates asthma and lung, lung infl- inflammation by upregulating NRF2 um, and regulates the body's production of antioxidants and protects, pr- protects against an- oxidative stress and inflammation. And one of the most exciting parts of sulforaphane is its anti-cancer activity. So sulforaphane modulates biochemical signaling pathways that induce apoptosis, apoptosis, something like that, uh, which is the programmed death of cancer cells, and inhibits metastasis and angioangiogenesis. So it helps fight cancer, and it also uh, potentates the effects of chemotherapy agents, uh, cisplatin and doxorubicin, while simultaneously reducing their toxicity. So it can be used with, sulforaphane can be used with conventional cancer treatments. It also improves heart health by lowering low-density lipoprotein, which is LDL, which is the bad form of cholesterol, combats obesity by lowering inflammation and promotes bone health. So all those are great. So pretty much it's your world's, it's the world's greatest antioxidant and anti-inflammatory. We're just going to go through another one. So this is going to be along the lines of diet. So there's many different parts of having a beneficial um, diet. Diet is probably two thirds of what you can do for your health. Maybe even more than that. Diet's such a big part um, having your daily intake of broccoli sprouts goes along with your diet. And I've done a lot of research on the benefits of intermittent fasting and water fasting. So we're going to do the water fasting uh, segment right after this one. So intermittent fasting boosts, boosts weight loss, increases energy, promotes cellular repair and autophagy. When our body consumes defective tissue in order to produce new parts, it reduces insulin resistance and protects against type 2 diabetes, lowers bad cholesterol, promotes longevity, protects against neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, improves memory, and boosts brain function, and makes cells more resilient. So there's all sorts of studies on all those benefits. We're going to go into water fasting, which is water fasting for like one one to like a week, like one days to seven days. Uh, water fasting definitely has some potential risk for people who have type one diabetes, and you should definitely look into it before you do it. And for all of these, I am not insinuating that you do any, and this is not professional medical advice. So just take this at your own will. <laughs> so water fasting may prov- promote autophagy, which is a process where old po- parts of your cells are broken down and recycled. And several studies have found that it may help pr- protect against diseases like cancer, Alzheimer's, and heart disease. And research from animal studies consistently finds that water fasting helps promote autophagy Animal studies also show that autophagy 
may extend may extend life extend the lifespan so it helps lower blood pressure it may help improve insulin and leptin sensitivity it may lower the risk of several chronic diseases yeah and that's pretty much it so we're going to go into the keto the keto diet this is a diet that i did um few months ago and I could definitely see a major improvements in my health and my mood while doing keto and it definitely aids in weight loss so the way that it works is it it takes proteins and turns fats into energy so your body if you're on a normal western diet carbs are turned into energy but if you're not using any carbs then fats are used as energy and we, we as a species have actually adapted to this style of eating because many like ancient civilizations and ancient homo sapiens um, didn't have access to bread or grain and their bodies became adapted to just um, using fats from um, the meats off of animals and using that as energy. And yeah. The food industry is definitely not on your side. It's just pushing um, these addictive foods such as bread and sugar so that they can make money and it tastes really good. So fats are actually good for you. The only bad fat is trans fats. All other fats, even saturated fats, are actually good for you. And you should definitely do your own research because it's, it's true. Many of the research on the... Fat will make you fat was pan was handled by sugar comp companies who just wanted to push scare tactic scare tactics so you would be purchasing more carb induced food. Um, carbs with a higher glycemic index increase um, inf inflammation in your body, which may give you acne and is definitely not good for you in the long term. So, <laughs> just as I say that, one of the benefits of the keto diet reduces acne. And that may be related to diet and blood sugar. Eating a diet high in processed and refined carbohydrates can alter gut bacteria and cause more dramatic blood sugar fluctuations, both which can have an influence on the skin's health. Therefore, by decreasing carb intake, it is not a surprise that a ketogenic diet could reduce some of the acne. And there's some cases that it can help reduce the risk of cancer. Um, one study found that the ketogenic diets may be suitable complementary to chemotherapy and radiation with people with cancer due to the fact that it would cause more oxidative stress in cancer cells than in normal cells. Other theories suggest that the ketogenic diet reduces high blood sugar it could reduce insulin complications, which may be associated with some cancers. Improves heart health. When the ketogenic diet is followed by a healthy manner, which considers avocados a healthy fat instead of pork rinds, there's some evidence that the diet can help improve heart health by reducing cholesterol. Um, HDL, which is the good cholesterol, was increased and LDL was significantly lowered it may protect brain functioning 
Oh my gosh. Like every single one of these deals with neurodegenerative diseases. So like if someone has like a very bad progressing of neurodegenerative disease, I would definitely try like all of these. If you do your own research and see that it's the right path for you. Because every, every person's different and there could be complications in doing some of these. But it is definitely worth looking into. So some research is needed into the keto diet in the brain. Some studies su- suggest that the keto diet offers neuroprotective benefits that may help prevent conditions like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and even help some sleep disorders. <laughs> and there was a study in children that with children that showed that a ketogenic diet had improved alertness and cognitive functioning. And there's some studies that say that it potentially reduces seizures. So ketosis can lead to a reduction in seizures with in people with epilepsy. And there's still more research that needs to be done on that. And yeah, so we're going to go into the next one now. This one is one of my favorites, which is the near red light therapy, near infrared light therapy. I've been using this on all sorts of different pain in my body. Um, whenever I get an ache from after working out, I shine the this near infrared light that I bought off of Amazon for $30 on it for like 10 minutes and the next day completely gone. And without the near infrared light, bulb it would take like at least three days so that's just some anecdotal evidence but we're going to go into what was studied and the studies on the near infrared light therapy so it boosts metabolism it recharges mitochondria stimulates white blood cell production reduces body fat promotes promotes cell regeneration increases energy reduces inflammation within the body improves circulation within the body heals wounds faster Faster recovery time after working out. Provides pain relief. Rejuvenates the skin. Lessens joints and muscles and muscle pain. Improves flexibility. Provides anti-aging benefits to your body. So pretty much with all of these, if you like incorporate like all of these into your life, then this is pretty much the fountain of youth. I think as a people, Western diet and just doing the normal day-to-day activities without having any of these beneficial health um, health alternative medicine science behind you, we're using like 10% of our body's capacity to be optimally healthy. If we incorporate all of this, we could bump that up to like 70. We could be like 70% efficient with our cognitive performance and our physical health. So we're going to do cryotherapy because people use cryotherapy after they do red light therapy. I've seen this at the gyms that Nike uses for their professional athletes. They have cryotherapy chambers and they also have red light. And it does help performance, but the the reasons why it helps performance is that it helps the body heal faster and just makes your body more efficient. So cryotherapy benefits benefits exercise recovery um yeah so there's many studies on on this helping the body heal faster 
It presents better sleep patterns, less fatigue, and increases exercise capacity. It reduces inflammation. Increase the presence of anti-inflammatory proteins, cytokines, IL-6, IL-10, and IL-1-RA. It also decreased pro-inflammatory cytokines, protein level, IL-1-alpha. These changes lasted longer for those who completed more cold chamber sessions. And with restricted blood flow, it helped reduce exercise-induced inflammation. So rheumatoid diseases, it helps rheumatoid diseases by reducing pain, improving mobility, well-being, and functional impairment. So significance, improvement in mobility assessments, and decrease in disease activity. It reduces pain. There was an improvement in pain relief after cryosana treatment during the five-day period that the study was conducted. Pain sensation and spinal mobility improved and reduces oxidative stress. So decrease most of the criteria indicating oxidative stress and increase the presence of antioxidants in the blood. Multiple sclerosis, I totally slaughtered that word, but improved mental functioning, improved functional status and fatigued levels. Improved MS patients' exercise ability and duration of activity. It boosts the immune system. Whole body cryotherapy increased white cell blood counts. Increases energy capacity for exercise. Reduces anxiety and depression. Fibromyalgia. Improves heart health. The W... BC decreases resting heart rates and cardiac output, improves eczema, which is a atropic dermatis, uh, the restless leg syndrome, headaches, um, tinnitus, totally slaughtered that word. <laughs> so yeah, that can have some pretty interesting benefits. And the next one is vitamin D. So there's like studies on monkeys and rats that actually show that um, giving them vitamin D supplements extended their life. And it is also responsible for helping the end caps on the DNA to um, be protected against unraveling and the eventual aging so d so vitamin d helps um slow aging and the next one we're going to get into is a bit controversial which is okay but i do not um want anyone to do anything illegal or against their will and i'm just going off of the um research that is presented here i do not recommend that anyone do this but why would I be talking about it if I didn't recommend it? I wouldn't recommend it. Um, you should do your own research. That's that's all I'm saying. So there's this nootropic, nootropic, which nootropics help cognitive function, can improve mood and just memory and all sorts of different things. There's this powerful nootropic that I found from doing research on psilocybin and microdosing. So psilocybin is a hallucinogenic 
drug or element compound that attaches to the serotonin responses in the brain like a lock and a key and is and is a neurotransmitter that helps in neurogenesis and epi, epi, epidemiological neurogenesis. Um, there is some risk to it, such as developing HPPD, or if you have a predisposition to psychotic disorders, or are or have a psychotic disorder, then this is definitely not for you because it could worsen those um, those symptoms and those diseases that you have. So there's some amount of risk, but 0.5% of the population has a psychotic disorder or 0.5 to 1% and 2%. So for 98% of people, this is generally safe. And there isn't that much research out there for microdosing, but um, generally some something that um, brings out a psychotic disorder is an intense experience or traumatic experience. So microdosing doesn't um, produce any hallucinogenic um, effects in the in the brain or in the visual system. So that's that's one benefit. I mean, you don't want to use this every day and get um, psychedelic like visuals. So you're taking it at a low enough dose that you don't get any of these weird psychedelic episodes. But it's also high enough that you get all the benefits from doing microdosing. And yeah, from that, we're just going to go into the benefits. So these are research. This isn't just anecdotal. So it helps depression, anxiety, ADD, ADHD, mood disorders, PTSD, and addiction. It also intensifies and increases the frequency of creativity, energy, flow states, productivity, focus, improved relationships, increased empathy, um, athletic coordination, and leadership development. So I think for the majority of people, microdosing could have far greater benefits than the risks. Um, I don't really see the risks um, being that prevalence in 99% of the population. You should definitely look into it, do some genetic testing to make sure you don't have any predisposition to psychotic disorders. And HPPD, which can develop from um, hallucinogen drugs. I should look, you should look into that. 4% of people um, have that, but we don't know anything about HPPD in the first place. My guess is that HPPD is already there in the people but after taking a drug, then maybe it just brings out um, what you're already seeing more. But we don't really know, and I don't. I don't think it's necessarily a um, turnoff, or it should be scary for people and detract them from actually doing some nootropics, even if it's not this one, because the benefits far outweigh the the cons. And yeah, there's definitely some risk, but in a low enough dose, I don't think there's much risk at all, which is why coders in Silicon Valley microdose and state that it is very productive for them. We're just going to go over the 
the benefits again. So it helps with depression. There's actually many studies on depression, um, anxiety. So a specific anxiety, like fear of death, anxiety, ADD, ADHD, mood disorders, PTSD, addiction. And it also helps with creativity, energy, flow states, productivity, focus, improved relationships, increased empathy, athletic coordination, and leadership development. So at very low doses, it could have even amazing benefits without any hallucinogenic um, like uh, outcomes. There's also another a mushroom that is legal that doesn't produce any psychoactive activity in the brain or any hallucinogenic um, outcomes, which is the lion's mane mushroom. And I'm just... The, so the three, the psilocybin, lion's mane, and the vitamin D3 would be what I would take in a nootropic. So all those put together, it would extend the benefits to the to the peripheral nervous system. Okay, so what is what does lion's mane do? It prevent, pr- protects against dementia. It helps relieve mild symptoms of depression, anxiety. It speeds recovery from the nervous system in, nervous system in your injuries. Protects against ulcers and digestive tract diseases. It reduces heart disease risk. Helps manage diabetes. Helps fight cancer. Reduces inflammation and oxidative stress. Boosts immune systems. Honestly, like, I, I don't even know to what extents um, the benefits of doing all of these put together would do. I think there it would be an incredible study um, if you did this over the long term with just a healthy person, healthy person, to see what the what the benefits can be. And I definitely think that some of these should be used in fighting cancers and maybe be like one of the greatest cancer um, natural drugs that we have. So this one I'm taking straight out of the Joe Rogan podcast. So the guy that was speaking with Joe Rogan, he was 50, 54 years old. He looked like he was 30 and he was talking about anti-aging and what he takes, the vitamins he takes and stuff for anti-aging so he takes one gram of NMN, which is nicotinamide, um, nicotinamide monocultide, which apparently helps with anti-aging, and 0.5 grams of resveratrol. He mixes he mixes it in with yogurt, and at night he takes one gram of metformin. So he takes it for preventing heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, and aging. And he also takes vitamin D and also um, branch amino chain acids. So, so yeah, take this all with a grain of salt. These are just the benefits. You should definitely look into it more if you're thinking about trying any of these. But if you do try any of these, maybe you'll turn into a god of some sort. <laughs> maybe you'll be one of the healthiest people 
and maybe may slow your aging down to a crawl that aging may not even matter anymore. But this is just my research over the last two years of the pinnacle of alternative medicine. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I hope you have a great day. This was the American Teen Podcast, and this is your host, Wiseroll. See you later.